0: Hi everybody, this is Jimmy DeYoung. Welcome to a short Bible study on the Babylon Factor. Now that's the title of the series, a five-hour audio series on CD that will help you understand the times in which we're living. When I talk about Babylon, that was the location where Noah and his three sons would live after the flood because Noah's great-grandson, Nimrod, built a great city in Babylon. Babylon has never been destroyed. Babylon is still alive and well on planet Earth today. In fact, Babylon is located in modern-day Iraq on the shores of the Euphrates River, some 68 miles southwest of Baghdad, Iraq. Studying about what is going to happen in Babylon, is key for your understanding of how the prophetic scenario found in God's Word is going to unfold in what seems to be the day of the fulfillment of this prophecy. This five-hour study, The Babylon Factor, will help you understand why the United States military is in Iraq today, what God is doing using world leaders to accomplish His will. In just a moment, I'll tell you how you can get the entire series of The Babylon Factor. But right now, take a moment with me, and let's listen to an introduction to this series, The Babylon Factor. Go to chapter 3 just a second. God's talking to Adam and Eve, person to person. Now, what person of the Godhead was this? This was Jesus Christ, I believe, a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. Because you see, Jesus was going to, I mean, uh, the the person of the Godhead was going to be seen. Why did they hide? Remember when they realized they had sinned and understood that they were naked? They hided from the Lord? Huh. Look what it says here in verse 8. And they heard, of chapter 3, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. They heard the voice of the Lord. Walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God amongst the trees of the garden. And God, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? I mean, they had speech. It was divine at this time. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou should not eat? The man said, The woman, I mean, he had enough vocabulary to say, that one right there did it. Wasn't me, the woman, whom thou gavest to be with me. She gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the woman, what is it that thou hast done? And the woman said, well, it wasn't me, it was that snake on the ground right there. And the Lord, chapter 3, verse 14, said, unto the serpent. Because thou hast done this, and the serpent was able to understand, he could understand the speech given. And the first prophecy written down in the Word of God is chapter 3, verse 15, where God says, I will bring a Messiah upon the earth. And then in verse 16, unto the woman I will, he said, I will greatly multiply. And he continues on all the way through verse 19 to talk to these people. So speech in the beginning was divine, but speech was also going to become divine. Satanic or demonic. What happened in chapter 3? Go back to chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, uh, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Here, now Satan is going to institute his plan to pervert speech which God gave as a gift to man. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto her, ye shall not surely die. Here now, Satan is using demonically this gift that God has given to man. And you know the rest of the story. You can read it as well. Go over to uh, chapter 11 just a moment. Let me show you how, again, Satan is going to use language. Now, I'm going to touch base with some things. I'll come back and clarify more as we continue tomorrow. But Satan has a subtle strategy. And he's going to institute this subtle strategy to accomplish his will. And he is to understand that the command was given to Noah, the three sons, the four wives, to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Along comes his great-grandson. Through him came Cush, his grandson, and through Cush comes Nimrod. This is chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10. And Nimrod has a kingdom. We'll talk about Nimrod's two kingdoms tomorrow. But Nimrod establishes a kingdom in the land of Shinar. The land of Shinar is the plains in the Mesopotamian area. Mesopotamia meaning the two rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates. It is the location between these two rivers down towards the Persian Gulf. They travel from the where they were on Mount Ararat to the east and down into the plains. Mount Ararat had been made a, a mighty big mountain. And at that point in time, it was too cold to live there. And so now Nimrod is going to move down to the plains of Shinar. What would be known today as modern-day Iraq, and he moves down there, chapter 11, verse 1, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Now, I do believe that language was Hebrew. I facetiously use Hebrew to talk to you about what you're going to have to be able to say to the Lord when you get to heaven. I do believe the language was Hebrew. Why do I say that? Well, I see it because basically what we've already said as we've read through some of these things, the locations, names of people, all the way up to chapter 11, those names were in Hebrew. Prior to the flood and post-flood, he used Hebrew to describe peoples, to talk about locations. And in fact, in order to be able to bless God, The language he instituted was Hebrew. It is the language that honors and blesses God. It's the language that's used in their worship service. Who did I say was going to be preserved and go into that line that leads to the Jewish people, ultimately then to the Messiah? Well, we looked at it. In chapter 10 it says, and Shem and fathered all the children of Eber. In chapter 11, verses 10 and following, and Eber's line through Shem is set up. And so Satan is going to use an evil approach to the gift that God gave to them, language, to cause them to go against what God said to do. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain of the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. You see, God had instituted human government. You know what it was? It was a centralized government. He found out then he was going to have to decentralize government. By the way, that's a principle. You ever heard of states' rights? The United States of America? It's not to be big government headquartered in Washington, D.C., but decentralized I'm not talking politics, I'm talking a principle that God sets up here. It was centralized. And along comes Satan through his man Nimrod. And because it is one language, he's going to be able to pervert these peoples from what they should have been doing. And so a divine gift now becomes demonic in its usage to accomplish the goal of Satan, who has now become, in the first three chapters of the book of Genesis Genesis 1, 2, and 3, there was a theocracy. But after chapter 3, all the way to Revelation chapter 19, it is a Satanocracy. And the ruler of this world, the king of this world, is Satan, Luke chapter 4, words of Jesus Christ. And thus, Satan now, in control of this world, only in control because God allows it, of course, he is going to use the gift that God gave them, one language, to bring them into one location and to establish one people at one location, under one government, and one religion. Interesting thought. Maybe, Satan probably said, that's what I can use in the end times. One man, one government, one religion. I can control it all. And demonically, Satan uses the gift of speech, of language, to do that. Well, God is not going to allow that to happen. And so he says, I will decentralize everything. Thank you very much for joining us as we studied The Babylon Factor. This five-hour audio series on CD is available to you. If you'd like to purchase a copy of it, you can call our toll-free number. That's 877 674 Or you can go to our website and our shopping mall and the address of the website, www.prophecytoday.com. This introduction to the Babylon Factor, I hope, has whetted your appetite to know more about Babylon and the key role that it will play in the end times. You see, Babylon is modern-day Iraq. And the focus of the world is on this unique state in the Middle East. Remember, if you're interested, call our toll-free number 877-674-3298 or visit our website www.prophecytoday.com to get your copy of the five-hour audio series on CD entitled The Babylon Factor. And as you study the Babylon factor, even in these short segments that we are presenting, it's going to make you aware of the fact that we are quickly approaching the time of the end when Jesus Christ will return. Oh, by the way, before he comes back to the earth, seven years before that time, he will shout, the archangel will shout, the trumpet of God will sound, and we will depart this earth to be with him forevermore. Truth is, having said all of that, There's nothing left for me to say now, except let's keep looking up until...